When we become the hero of our own journey, it doesn't just help us, it actually helps other people. Because by showing others what is possible, we allow others to be inspired by our journey and so they can step into the hero of their own journey themselves. Hi friends, in this week's bite-sized episode, I'm actually going to give you a little high-performance hack on how to optimize your productivity and free up more time to spend with family and friends or any leisure interests that you have and also increase your performance at the same time. This is a clip of an upcoming interview that I had with Simon Alexander Ong, who is a life coach and business strategist and the author of the book Energize. So have a listen to this and then tune back in next Tuesday for the full interview with Simon. That's something actually um, I noted down in your book. Uh, you want to become the hero of your story. Mm. Um, how would you enlighten people on how to do that? Well, first of all, I think so many of us, uh, we are playing the supporting role or the extra role in our own story. And so we are scared to show up. We're, we're scared to put ourselves out there uh, in the face of criticism, uh, fear or self-doubt. And so I think what a lot of us need is what I call main character energy. How can you put yourself at the forefront of your story where you literally become the hero of the story that you are writing? Now, the reason why I think it's important to think about this is because so often we give up control of that pen to someone else. We let other people write that story for us. But actually, when we take back control of that pen and write our own story, that's when we take ownership of our destiny our path and our legacy. And when we become the hero of our own journey, it doesn't just help us, it actually helps other people. Because by showing others what is possible, we allow others to be inspired by our journey and so they can step into the hero of their own journey themselves. Yeah, that's so true, that's so true. Um, I guess what, I guess uh, kind of a, a real life example, I suppose, then that I can share in my own life that maybe uh, is helpful for listeners and you, and you can see what you think is in my journey, I as a as a mother. So I was a corporate lawyer, as I was saying earlier in the city, and then I gave that up and completely retrained started this podcast to my business. And I guess the challenge for me is always finding that time mm -hmm. and my energy, really managing my energy as a mother and then enough for my business. And I think lots of women in particular listening to this will feel that thing where they they always feel guilty when they're sort of a work that they're not spending enough time with their children. And then when they're with their children, they have this sort of pressure that they should be working. How would you um, how would you help women kind of handle that dichotomy, if you like? Yeah, I think that is that is something that I've noticed amongst many people, actually, that yeah. we feel guilty when we're not spending enough time with our family or children. Uh, we feel guilty when we're not working enough. Uh, and I think some of that is an extension of what we've been led to believe. You, you know, over mm -hmm. so many years, we've been led to believe that if you're not doing something, then you're not productive. I.e., if you are slowing down, if you're enjoying life and you're not doing work, then you're not productive. And so we can feel very guilty if we're not doing work, we can feel very guilty if we're not spending time with children because we're always told you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to spend more time with this, but you got to work at the same time. But how can we do everything at once? And I think on the one side, it's like something my wife and I had to had to find peace with as well, is that when we put our daughter into nursery for the first time, we felt 
should we have her home more? Should we be spending more time with her uh, rather than sending her to nursery this early? And the way we found peace with the setup we had is that actually with this arrangement, we can show up better as a parent because when she comes home, we as parents have had some rest. We've been able to move forward in the things that are meaningful for us. So by the time our child comes home, we can be completely present with her. And so it's really kind of looking at things, not just from one angle, but actually reflecting on the different ways of, uh, of that situation. Often we just go straight to the negative and we go, okay, I'm going to send my child to school. I'm not spending enough time with them. But actually, if I look at the setup as a whole, what am I doing with that time? Now, if I'm using that time productively, then when I do get to spend time with my family, I can actually enjoy it rather than feel guilty that I should be somewhere else. And the same thing goes with work. You know, yes, it's good to work, but we've also got to be careful not to overwork because often what happens is that when we procrastinate or we, uh, we have lots of time on our hands, many of us fall into the trap of just working. We work to fill the hours that we have. But actually what happens is that if you create some boundaries in your life, you uh, work around that. You know, I, I get asked often the question from other parents uh, who are entrepreneurs saying, Simon, do you feel more productive now you are a parent or were you more productive before you were a parent? And I say, actually, I feel more productive now I am a parent. And that is because I know that once I drop my daughter at nursery, I've got a set number of hours to get things done if I want to spend quality time with her once I fetch her from nursery and bring her home. So if I want to spend quality time with my family in the evening, what must I do in the hours that I have during the day to make me feel that I've had a productive day? And so what that does is it forces me to not only prioritize, but it gives me the focus I need to get things done. And not let time expand to the task given, right? Indeed. That's the thing. Yeah, Indeed. I've definitely that's found that with children. It's so true. <laughs> Sorry? Because that's what many of us do. We, uh, mm, we just yeah. fill up all the time we have uh, with work when actually we could use that time more, more productively. Definitely. And I think also, like many of us who've worked, have backgrounds in the city, have been conditioned, as you say, to work very long hours. I know as a lawyer, you know, we were judged on our chargeable hours. That was the thing. <laughs> when I left law for the first few years, I used to have these nightmares that I like, hit my hours or something, even though I was working so ridiculously hard. I was always over the hours, but it was just that conditioning. And I think it's difficult because, as you say, like particularly in the entrepreneurial world, really, you're stepping into a world of creativity. And if you're kind of really, really tired, really burnt out, or you're kind of plagued by anxiety, and that you can't create from that space. So managing your energy, as you say, in the book, I found has been probably the most critical thing to my success. Yeah. And, th and there's a great example I, I share in the book as we talk about this topic, because I share a case study of a client who, when she had children, she did not want to spend too much time away from them. She wanted to actually spend time at home to see them grow, to see them develop. And so what she did is she created a boundary of work. Um, you know, I guess in some ways, to keep in mind, she was fairly senior. So in some ways she could do this. I know not everyone can. But what she did is she said she wanted to be out of the office at five. Dead on five, she wanted to be out of the office on the way back home. And what was interesting is that as soon as she set that boundary, not only did she spend more time with her family, but her performance improved. 
So she was a she was a fund manager and she's overseeing billions of dollars of assets. And what happened is the performance of her fund that she was overseeing markedly improved. And I remember asking her, what do you think contributed to this pivot in performance? I mean, before it was performing okay, but nothing to write home about. And suddenly, once you created this boundary, the performance of a fund drastically improved. And she said to me, Simon, I think one of the major contributors is the fact that I had this boundary, because once I had the boundary in place, I did not have time to overthink. I went with my gut more. I went with my intuition more. And I didn't have time to question my thinking, because if I had to get out of five, there was a time limit. Whereas before children, I could stay in the office for a little longer to think back and forth in my mind, to question my my gut or my intuition. But now I didn't have that luxury of time. And so in a way, it's helped both me having more time with the family and also the performance of the fund I'm overseeing. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.